Buenos dias, lads and lasses, and welcome to episode 11 of the Soccer Talk Lads, or STL Podcast. The MLS is back in full force, Liverpool loses its first game, and by the time we next record, the St. Louis MLS franchise may have a name and color scheme. Plus, we'll dive deep into the wretched liquid scourge that is polluting the streets of the Windy City. It's a lot to cover, so let's kick off. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Soccer Talk Lads or STL podcast. It is Monday, February, March 2nd. <laughs> Threw a curveball at me months. Oh, uh, I you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got thrown off by that extra day. Uh, my name is Stephen Ground. I am here in uh, too cold to be wearing shorts, St. Louis, but I'm wearing shorts anyway because damn the man. And I am joined by. Justin Horniker, who I believe is the only man to ever beat a cheetah in a land foot speed race with one leg tied behind his back. Granted, the cheetah was dead, but still an impressive accomplishment. I won. That's all that matters. (laughs) How are you doing tonight, Justin? Doing good. I am ready. I'm hyped up. I'm also wearing shorts when I probably shouldn't be. Exactly. You know, you get to that point. I went down to Jacksonville last week, which listeners to our other the other podcast in our expansive media empire uh two guys one cup might be aware i went down to the home office for work and you get down there and it was unseasonably cold down there but it was very nice for me you know and so i was wearing shorts because our office has no dress code really and people were looking at me cross-eyed but once you're coming back from there it's like i'm not putting on long pants again right yeah that's just so this is beyond the pale at that point. Yeah, I'll just suffer. Uh, we are writing, well, solo is not the right word because there's two of us, but Ian is on assignment with one of the Red Bulls teams. Uh, now that we think about it, he doesn't know where any of those are located, so he may never be back. But I think he's oh, going to Brazil. I thought yeah. he, they signed him to the Brazil team. I'm I hope sure. so. I'm I mean, not sure where he's going. It's vi- travel visa and with coronavirus. Oh, God only knows if we're going to see him again. But here's hoping. Uh, and yeah, he should be back next time. Got, uh, our wires crossed a little bit on scheduling. It happens, but we're here. We're ready to rock and roll. The MLS season has started officially. St. Louis FC is, um, you know, they're on the brink of being on the brink of announcing something. You want to start with that? You want to start with MLS? Where should we begin today? Yeah, I mean, this is a MLS for the Lou podcast. I mean, yeah. we should talk about the for the Lou part. Of I this. guess. Let's start there. Um, so in the midst of Battlehawk fever, uh, the is sweeping, I would say, not only St. Louis, but the entire nation, perhaps sweeping the world. The nation, yeah. Uh, Tom Timmerman, one of the uh, excellent intrepid reporters over at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and the one probably with the most credentials for covering uh, MLS and soccer, uh, announced, sort of tweeted out speculatively that he expected a uh, team name and possible jerseys in mid to late March. Uh, is that correct? That's the that is correct. The gist and then the tweet. to uh, follow up, uh, CKB said when she was doing some media rounds last week that, or I guess during the weekend, 
that she's very specifically said in the next week or two that we should expect a name and color. I feel like that's so. the sort of thing you should have like a date where you announce yeah, a week, it. But, a week or two. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, you know, it's okay. Um the the team is also discussing a part. Well, let's 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 do this part part first. So Jersey and uh, possible team name coming in the next week or two. As someone who's just created uh, an expansion franchise in NHL 20, I know that these are decisions not to be taken lightly because once you've made the Atlanta Phoenix, you can't take it back. And, and uh, yeah, right. you know, I thought it was cool because the flag has a Phoenix on it and they're rising from the ashes of, you know, General Sherman, I guess. But, you know, it's just once it's there, it's there. So you got to get it right the first time. Uh, how do you feel about you this feel, news? So you don't feel confident about your decision is what you're saying, Steven. Well, you know, I actually like it. I'm, I'm a little more upset about the uh, the uniforms. Took some risks. Mm. I think one of them worked out real well. The other two, not so sure. But, you know. Sometimes you got to take those risks, though. Sometimes you just got to go out on a limb. That's right. The away jersey is choice. I'm not, or the, not the away jersey, the third jersey. I will... I will live and die on that hill. But the other two, I don't know. Maybe we'll tweet out some photos, give people the opportunity to decide. But in the meantime, how do you feel about this news that while there isn't news, there may be news in the near future? I'm pumped. Probably news. by the time we have our next podcast, we might know the name. On yeah, the color scheme, I so. would hope we uh, would. And I would hope we'd you know respond to it with a podcast fairly quickly thereafter, as that will be the real beginning of the uh the scuttlebutt if you will yeah. about this team and Steven, the other good news is with the adidas partnership that we should probably also already be know what the jerseys are going to look like they'll have three stripes on the shoulders they'll be white or black <laughs> um and then we'll kind of guess the rest that's true yeah that's no question um yeah i mean this is exciting this is what we've been waiting for and kind of dogging on ownership for not getting us any sooner than they have i think it's still a little bit of a chaotic, uncertain timeline. You'd like a little more confidence than in the next week or two. But, you know, they'll probably do one of those things where they kind of mysteriously say, MLS for the Lou has a big announcement tomorrow at 3 or whatever, you know, and then you know, we'll all know oh, what yeah. it is. I'm sure but... there'll be a video ready. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But, I mean, this is what you want. You want to see the team name. You want to know who and what you're rooting for. You want to know what color to paint your bedroom or face. Have an identity. Right. Yeah. You don't want to be wearing MLS for the lose cards. For the That's right. I mean, it's great. I have one, but they can only last so long, right? So right. this is exciting news. The team is also discussing this is going to just shock the pants off of everyone. A partnership with Anheuser-Busch. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe it, right? A St. Louis team partnering with Anheuser-Busch. Now that's that's almost impossible to believe. Uh, the MOS, of course, does have the uh, jersey sponsorships, as do... I think pretty much all professional soccer teams in FIFA in the world right now. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see it just be that AB is, you know, whether it's a brand like Budweiser or Bud Light, God forbid, or something, as you mentioned uh, here, maybe Bud Light Seltzer. Uh, whatever the case may be, I wouldn't be surprised if it's that. But what do you make of that news? Yeah, I, I wondered if it was just them announcing, like, we'll have AB products in the stadium, or if it went as far as saying, like, this can be our jersey sponsor or stadium sponsor or something along those lines. I don't know. I don't know, like, how far it goes necessarily. Yeah, if they didn't they have be involved AB in products in the stadium, there'd be a revolt, so that'd be a little weird right, to announce. Right, right. But, but uh, it's, it's probably good news that, like, 
you know, big time brands are wanting to get involved, which yeah, is always of course. a good sign. Definitely great news. Uh, speaking of weird product choices, I was at uh, Edward Jones Dome or the erstwhile Edward Jones Dome the other day uh, for the dome. America's Dome. Yeah, exactly. Dome at America's Center. Uh, Kakaw, you know, the Kakaw is the law for the home opener of the Battle Hawks, greatest football team ever composed. And <laughs> I remembered what I had known long ago when I was actually attendant, in attendance for the last Rams game in St. Louis, uh, that uh, that whole stadium only sells RC Cola. And... Oh. Uh, Weird. <laughs> also, also Dr. Pepper Seven Up, but like, not Pepsi or Coke. And that was true. Been, and just, I've only been to a handful of Rams games, uh-huh. and I think they're like all preseason games. I never knew that about the domes. That's yeah, and that's just, new information. I don't know how to process it. Just to be clear, that was true when they were the Rams too. This isn't like the new discount. <laughs> world that they live in as an xfl team now they were they were a discount xfl team when they were the rams too in fact i i believe the uh the battle hawks now have more home wins than the rams had for like three years between 2008 and 2010 or something like that yeah well uh, there are also those three years where we had like four wins over yeah three, well so. you know that's not <laughs> not great but in not, any case not good not not uh, <laughs> I agree with you that I hope it means there's a Bud Light Seltzer Lounge. I haven't. Maybe, uh, maybe when we do the uh, um, the Jersey episode, we should all get some Bud Light Seltzer and sample it together. It's I haven't tried it yet. Yeah, that'd, very be, that'd pop- be nice. Very popular with the Battle Hawks themselves. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it looks good when they spray it all over themselves after right. they win. I yeah, I'm all for it. I, we are, of course, also you know very very happy to drink girly beverages and you know be generally non-conformist because we're men of, of culture. So right, right. Um, I'm down with that. So that's really the news for STLFC right now. Once the team name happens, you think thing will, things will start to get rolling a little more. I did on my journey back from Jacksonville drive past the exit ramps that are no longer open. So that was kind of exciting. Uh, Union Station is hopping now with the aquarium and the Ferris wheel and everything. So it could be... Uh, a very good time to be a uh, St. Louis citizen, a soccer fan, and of course a resident of the very great and distinguished downtown West. Um, exactly. But uh, <laughs> in any case, uh, you want to go ahead and move on to the Premier League, or do you have something you wanted to say? No, let's, let's move on to the Premier League. This is yeah, going to be a fun a... weekend to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a reckoning coming for me as a Liverpool fan. Olympus has fallen. Uh, Watford takes down Liverpool in fairly brutal fashion in a 3 nothing victory uh, that I did not get to see because I was driving uh, from Chattanooga to St. Louis. That was, it was fun. Um, but yeah, um, lo- road loss for Liverpool. Their, their unbeaten streak at Anfield remains intact. This was brutal. This is reminiscent of uh, when they were in the title chase two years ago and had that uh, loss away to Swansea City that kind of just said, you know, that's all over. They're not going to be able to keep pace with uh, Manchester City if they can't win that game. Obviously, Liverpool still, you know, far, far, far and away. Um, I believe they could lose the rest of the games and still win handedly. So. Yeah, I mean, they could... Pretty much, if as if other teams didn't go undefeated, they could still probably win the championship. But uh, you know, and and credit to Liverpool fans who 
wouldn't be above this sort of thing in other seasons. I haven't heard any of the, oh my God, this is the beginning of the end takes. So good for them. Uh, I'm honestly, okay. So a couple things I'm surprised about before you go further. Yeah, go for it. I know you got a rant about it. I'm surprised (laughs) that they lasted this long with like their total fixture congestion. So Mm -hmm. I would have pegged them to run out of steam way before this point. So if you have like one lame duck of a game where you just generate no chances, it's weird that it happens now in March as opposed to like in January after they played all those games in a row. But, and then to like... Uh-oh, we lost Justin. It's it's an odd occur- occurrence of events. Oh, we lost you for a second there, but you, uh, you came back. So you said it was an odd occurrence of events. What was an odd occurrence of events? Uh, them losing to Watford three to nothing and, and generating 0.2 XG in the process. Yeah, I was going to say. Troy scoring a goal against you. That, that hurts. Well, that's never good. I was going to see if you'd look that up. I think this was just, you know, I didn't see the game, but I did listen to some Liverpool breakdowns of it. And I feel like this is not as surprising as maybe it looks like on paper, if that makes sense. I think... Sorry, Yeah, it's probably a game that's like hard for them to get up for yeah, at this point. I just, I think if, if Jurgen Klopp has a flaw as a manager, it is precisely that. It's motivating his teams for these, you know, really crappy road games on a Monday or Saturday afternoon, um, Saturday evening, I guess, in their case. But... Um, Yeah, against a Watford who's basically fighting for relegation. You're going to go in there thinking, we're big, bad Liverpool. We can take this, no problem. But the problem is Watford knows you're big, bad Liverpool too, and their entire season can be defined by hanging a loss on you, especially if those are the three points that keep them away from relegation. So you can't really take any team lightly when you're at the top of the division like Liverpool is. And I think we've seen this, I think, you know, we've talked about on this podcast before, there have been times where Liverpool have eked out victories that should have been draws and have eked out draws that should have been losses. I mean, they're they're dominant. They're the best team in the Premier League, no question. But I don't think they've been maybe quite as dominant as the whatever it was, 69 points and of 71 possible points pace that they were on suggests. I don't know. What mm. do you think about that? No, I think it's fair. I mean, if you look at like the expected goal charts, like they are just really clinical this year and mm-hmm. like outplay kind of their pace of play for the most part. But that's kind of how the team's designed as well. But if they ever went into like a realm where they just couldn't score anymore, they wouldn't be in the position they mm-hmm. are. So they're just clinical in their finishing and like can just turn it on when they need to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, they're still going to win the league. They've got uh, an FA cup tie with Chelsea tomorrow. It'll be interesting to see if, if Klopp is pissed off now and wants to go win the FA Cup and starts a lineup, or if he still kind of takes that easy. I, I kind of hope, I know I heard some Liverpoolian natives uh, talking about they hope that they kind of go for the FA Cup this year, and especially the Champions League, because they, and they admitted it felt kind of selfish, but the end of the season will sort of feel anticlimactic if you win the uh, Premier League on, you know, March 22nd or whatever, and then just have to play the rest of your games. Um, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see his approach to those sorts of things. But for now, big loss for them, not entirely shocking 
loss. And uh, you know what? They're just going to go sign Timo Werner off his release clause in the summer for $36 million and make all their offensive scoring woes go away. Your thoughts on that? Cool. (laughs) I love when teams go out and sign the next big thing. It's great. Uh, Yeah. Well, better Liverpool than Chelsea, right? I would say. Liverpool and Chelsea, yeah. Uh, So, you know, at least there's that. So Imagine passing up on a goal scorer. Imagine that. uh, If you thought that somebody wasn't worth the money that they were worth and then they, like, scored, I don't know, like seven goals in four (laughs) games in the Champions League, wouldn't that be stupid? Yeah, that would be pretty dumb. That would be so dumb. Imagine if Chelsea had been the team that had had like a young Mo Salah and had done nothing with him. Just, you know, theoretically. I don't think that's possible, but would be embarrassing, wouldn't it? That would never happen. Uh, you want to walk us through uh, the Leicester loss, which is fun to say? Leicester loss. Yeah, I mean, losing to Norwich, you are probably the best 20th place team in the history of the Premier League, I would think. They have 12 points off of the top five in the table. And how many points <laughs> is, do they have total? Like 25? Right. They have, hold on, let me see where, where their points are. Um, they have 24. So, yep. yeah. So, half their points are off of the top five in the, in the what table. What a weird, like, how, that would be so infuriating as a fan, wouldn't it? 21. They have 21. So they have nine points off of everyone else that is in the top five. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, okay, you know, the team can play well. Like what is happening the rest of the time? Yeah. Like, obviously, I mean, obviously some of it is that same effect we were just talking about where like the top five are going to Norwich and thinking they've got a cakewalk, but still, even if, even if you can consistently, you know, one upset is, is one thing, but if you can consistently take points off them, that's pretty shocking and it's pretty upsetting i would think to then you know get relegated pretty handily yeah my team Pookie is the real deal so you hope they don't get relegated so that he can like stay up because he has 11 goals this year yeah. so far and i like him i like norwich i'd be very offended if they were sent down um i like the whole yellow green jersey combination thing mm-hmm. um That's steven great. have you ever looked up norwich's original premier league jersey oh boy Oh boy, is this going to be like a flag thing? Uh, I just want you to particularly look at it because it is. Okay. So, Norwich City 1992 jersey. It is probably the greatest thing ever invented. Norwich I would, I would say. City 1992 <laughs> jersey. It's choice. Or kit. For, as the it's really good in audio. Um, but <laughs> if, you, if you guys listen at home, I'm going to look up the 1992 Norwich jersey. There is. Steven, no way what you're going that's right real. Now. There is no way that's real. It's so glorious and so um so terrible. Oh my but like, god! Like peak nineteen ninety two. I feel like it's majestic. <laughs> it's like walking into a yellow and green nineties Taco Bell. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! I love it so much. I would wear this for real. Like yeah, I want to find one. Hundred percent. I would wear that. And not even on Halloween, I would like wear that to work and make people look at me. That is, oh, I, I, I genuinely love it. Like it just looks like a party. It's terrible. <laughs> it's awful in every way. And I genuinely am in love with it. Uh, thank you. Thank you for showing that to me. No problem. I just thought you needed to know. The away oh, kit. Oh, also... That is why we want Norwich to stay up for that one piece of history. Yeah. And the away <laughs> kit also the same. 
Yeah, just just white instead of yellow, and it's still great. <laughs> and of course, that was that golden age of soccer where jerseys were polo shirts with full collars that you had to button all the way up. But also, they were parachutes in the event that the stadium collapsed and you were shot out of an airplane because they had to bag around your midsection like a big kite. So, yeah. what a weird, what a weird combination. Soccer has had some strange. Uh, Jersey histories itself in the past. But thank you for sharing that with me. Uh, Norwich probably still going to be relegated, which would be very sad. Uh, but, you know, uh, Liverpool didn't help them out by letting Watford take a victory there. Uh, Chelsea didn't help them out a lot either by drawing Bournemouth. I mean, Bournemouth's not um, quite at Norwich's level, but walk us through that game. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just... <clears throat> I don't know if you're Chelsea, you got to be pretty upset because this is a real opportunity to put some distance between you and everyone that's chasing you for that fourth spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did it. And they're playing a team that they should have handily beat. And something's going wrong at Chelsea right now. And like with how they're playing earlier in the year, where everything just seemed like carefree. And now that like the transfer market is open and they could maybe they can look at buying people in the summer. Now it seems like it isn't as fun as it was earlier in the year. They don't mm-hmm. like, they're not playing the same way. And yeah. Then, they are essentially not the same team that they were when Pulisic looked like he was really taking it into the next gear and probably staying yeah. there. And he's been hurt, which maybe, maybe Christian Pulisic is a bigger part of that team than we think. Maybe but... he's the entire team. I mean, he's the entire <laughs> men's national team, so I don't know he, why. Yeah, so he is the Chelsea team yeah. as well. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, I, I will say, honestly, that there was a time this season where I thought, man, Liverpool's fun right now, but I feel like Chelsea is looming large as like the next up-and-coming team. I definitely don't feel that way anymore. And, I mean, they could still do it. They obviously are very young. They've got a young core, I, I think. Um, their manager is doing well. Why is his name escaping me? It's not John Terry. It's the other one, right? Yeah. Uh, Frank. Frank. Wait. Wait. You got this. You got Lampard. this. Lampard. Yep. There you go. Oh, there okay. you go. <laughs> Wanted to say Ribery. Knew that was wrong. Uh, Frank, so I got <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think he's a good fit there. Obviously has the ties to the culture. I think it would be a big mistake of them to give up on him too soon. Uh, but it's not going great. No. Bournemouth yeah. is definitely a team you should beat in that relegation zone right now. 28, uh, or sorry, 27 points in 28 games. Uh, four, six ahead of Norwich and... Two ahead of Aston Villa, but Aston Villa has a game in hand, so they could climb out and move Bournemouth. Yeah, and maybe I'm discounting like how desperate the relegation teams are playing right now, but which could lend someone that's like kind of safe in Chelsea. It could lend to some of that too, I guess. There's some whack teams further down the standings. Like Wolves is sixth, Sheffield and Burnley are eight and nine. And then below them are Arsenal 10, Everton 11, Southampton 13. And honestly, they've climbed from the bottom of the barrel. And even West Ham at 16. And to a lesser extent, Watford at 17. Some of those are are really big surprises to me. Yeah, I feel like if if West Ham get relegated, that would not be good for them at all. That wouldn't be good Um, for, (laughs) for the league especially either, you know. 
weekend. You're playing in that gigantic stadium and you're going to have to play in the championship. Yeah. I feel like uh, Arsenal at 10 is very Stan Kroenke. You know, maybe not every team Stan Kroenke manages becomes what the Rams became, but super middle of the pack, very boring at best, you know? Yeah, are they trying to move Arsenal? Is that what's going on? Maybe. That's sort of <laughs> that's sort of Jeff Fisher. We're not freaking going seven and nine or eight and eight. That just real, real meaning. They're not going eight and eight. And then that year they went seven and nine. Yep, so he exactly. was right. <laughs> he was correct. So um man, you tied Everton. These are your babies, so I'll let you handle it. Yeah. Um they lost the XG battle two point one to one point three. Um and honestly. Like, this is a game that Manny had no business losing. The first goal scored in the second minute. De Gea kind of, like, took his time with the goal kick and was just dribbling it around back and forth and then went to kick it. And the Everton player, I forget who it was right now, it's top of my head, basically, like, turned around to block it and I it just went right things. into the goal. So it's just peak Everton goal and also, like, peak the way that Manchester United has been for the past five years goal. So, like, of course that was going to go in. Um, and that's that's Everton's uh, lone goal. It's off a rebound on a uh, on a goal kick. And so Dominic it was scored by Dominic. Yeah, Dominic Calvert Lewin. Got to have a hyphenated last name. Yes. If you um, want to be anywhere near hyphenated NFL. last names more prevalent in the NFL or in the Premier League? I think dark horse candidate maybe the Premier League. I think uh, England in general, like yeah. England internationals, all seem to have two last names. Maybe they're big. <laughs> maybe it's like a you know family royalty thing. I don't know what's going on over there, but very interesting. Don't, uh, know. don't know what they're up to. <laughs> yeah, what do you make of Man you in general? Uh, Bruno's obviously been really hot, uh, but the rest of the team seems to still be kind of scuffling. Yeah, I mean it's up and down because they have shown period i mean it's like they've been the past few years they show a period of brilliance and then just games like this where they kind of like can't turn it over into that next gear um the bruno fernandez goal is great so i don't know what they'd be in a lot worse place if they haven't signed bruno fernandez um it'd be cool if they had like i don't know 19 year old striker uh who's scored seven goals in four games in the in the champions league hmm. um but you know hmm. you don't have that much money any to spend names on you have in you mind have in money. particular uh um, I mean, Erling Haaland would definitely help a lot. Yeah, uh, just off the top of your head, sort off of. Off the top of my head, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Again, for people who might have missed it, uh, Man United were in on Haaland until they decided that they didn't want to meet uh, Salzburg's asking price, and Dortmund did, and he's been on fire. So, well, and he's, he's turning out. He's to be. also the fastest man in human history. I know that's a big guy. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he's faster than Usain Bolt in that <laughs> sixty a, meter that they totally measured accurately. Yeah, that's a big uh, passion of yours is spreading that uh, <laughs> that truth. So I w- I wouldn't want anyone to miss that. Yeah, there's there's just a lot of things about Holland that are upsetting me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want you want to take this moment to to make this a, a coach's corner? Yeah, of yeah sorts? so Bleacher Report. Let's all right. Let's <laughs> let me get out my soapbox here. Leisure Report put out a tweet that Erling Holland was within like 0.1 seconds of Christian Coleman's 60 meter world record, which like, all right, sure. Um, <laughs> and everyone's making a big deal about him being so fast, but let's, let's narrow some things down to you. First off, there's no way that that measurement was like accurate in any way. Second off, he had a running start. So running starts are worth like 0.3 seconds usually, which is a lot. 
Um, and point one seconds is a lot in sprinting. So if you have those up, he's like almost half a second slower than Christian Coleman, which is the difference between a world-class sprinter and like, you know, your big East champion. Very, um, very, so very yeah, fast, Pound's fast, but he's not like fast in the world mm-hmm. and everyone's just running with it. And it's just driving me insane. Nice. It um, almost broke me a couple weeks ago. Nice mic drop on the big East too, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, just sort of, I love how the Twitter world will just say, ah, this is a thing. We've decided that this is a thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's just run with it. Exactly. So a little odd, a little odd fixation there, but, uh, Hey, you know, he would look better in Manchester red than Dortmund yellow. Actually, I'm kidding. Dortmund jerseys are always fire, but, uh, you know, it would be, it's a shame he's not in the premier league at the very least. I love I, I love Dortmund's black and yellow. I do. I like that it's highlighter yellow and not like Steelers yellow. That's I like their like when they play at home. I like the whole like color motif because mm-hmm. the stands are yellow too. Mm-hmm. It just all looks looks it's good. Very nice looking. Uh, not nice looking is the Premier League pursuit for Champions League places. No one wants to finish in fourth, and considering that fifth place is probably in place for uh, the uh, qualification round um, and potentially even sixth place if Liverpool goes on to rally back and win the Champions League. Uh, How come nobody wants in? Uh, And for those that aren't keeping track at home, uh, those additional seats are open because Man City went and, you know, pulled a Houston Astros a little bit, did a little bit of the uh, uh, naughty behind the behind the under the table sort of stuff with uh, you know, player was a player recruitment that got them. It was no, so like got them is, and this came out like a little while ago. So Man City, you know, they're owned by Saudi royalty, basically. Uh huh. Um, bunch where, of great, bunch of fantastic yeah. people. Just you know, in general. <laughs> so yeah, so being sponsored by Emirates, they were kind of like misrepresenting the numbers that were coming in. So they were underreporting how much sponsorship money or they are over reporting how much sponsorship money they're making so they could basically bankroll the team themselves um and it came out that they messed up their accounting a little bit with that that they were putting in more money than they were reporting and then that's going to get you in trouble if you if you do that because they don't want teams to have this like massive investment all at once and then to like go bankrupt in two years and have to like sell the team is basically that's the whole idea behind financial fair play in this case when you're dealing with like whole countries and superpowers it doesn't quite work out um but that's why that's why they got banned yeah are going to get banned or maybe they won't because man city are going to fight in court god knows fifa itself would never be corrupt or questionable (laughs) no right (laughs) you can certainly trust them to be the arbiters of of good and that's like the whole so the whole counter argument is like why is fifa the one that's in charge of this and then the other counter argument is like this is basically designed so that new money teams can't compete with old money teams Mm. so it's kind of like if you're trying to assert yourself on the world stage like man city or psg or wolves to a lesser extent that like throwing putting a bunch of money into the new market they want to keep that out to kind of keep the hierarchy of the big leagues in general but yeah which is uh dumb but (laughs) um you know 
That's uh, FIFA's brand of dumb. Nothing, right. nothing quite as good for a sport as limiting uh, new teams and new fans and new, uh, you know, locations from growing. And yeah, uh, I th- like I'm kind of split because it does make sense from the purpose of like you see teams that come up into the Premier League, spend a bunch of money, like all their signings don't work out and they get relegated, and then they like are essentially go bankrupt. Like mm-hmm. what happened with Olsen last year and a couple of teams in the championship that had to like go into solvency basically. Yeah. But for sure. In like Man City and PSG's case, like they have basically limitless money. So <laughs> Yeah, it's it uh shouldn't necessarily apply to them. It's a mixed case. bag for sure. Yeah. Uh and like you mentioned here, Man City hires uh top lawyers to fight the Champion League's band, so they're gonna fight it in court. Uh, and uh, you know, yeah, Man City hired the lawyers that uh, fought Brexit to fight hey, their you know, Champions League. They're, they're finally not doing that, so <laughs> now they get to do this. Uh, yes. So, you know, I think they probably end up with a reduced suspension uh, settled out of court eventually, but who knows? I've heard like one year to be the thing. Like they'll fight yeah. it this year, they'll be in the Champions League next year, and the next year will be their ban, and then yeah. they'll be free that would make sense to me uh you can't fold if you're fifa but uh you know you don't want to have a long legal battle either uh, they kind of did for psg though they kind of folded no PSG that's true yeah. well, <laughs> you know i mean you shouldn't fold if you're fifa you certainly can fold if you're fifa but you should right and there may have been some other things going on to that like what made it easier for them to fold who knows who knows hey, they're not a corrupt you know we don't judge here at the judge. Soccer Talk Wads podcast. No, 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 no. As you mentioned in these notes, though, uh, going back to the fourth place discussion, Chelsea has six oh, points in its last five. Man U has eight. Wolves have eight. And Spurs has nine. But then they lost two in a row. Um, Jose Mourinho probably upset about that. Deli Ali's brother not available for comment. No. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it just it's, this kind of feels like it's kind of in the same problem all season in that there's Liverpool and Man City and to a lesser extent Chelsea uh Leicester City who have kind of clung on there near the top. They're still in a, in a solid third place and then there's just this kind of soup below them from about mm, 4 to at least 8 or 9. Um and uh yeah, nobody nobody wants to nobody wants to bubble above the surface of the soup and and become I don't know croutons something you put in soup. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, <laughs> the analogy maybe broke down. But the point is, nobody wants to grab this thing. Uh, who do you think it is at the end of the day? Who do you think are our top, uh, let's say five, for the sake of the likelihood that either Man City is suspended or Man City or Liverpool wins the Champions League? Um, I think it. I think it probably stays exactly the same Um, because I think everyone's just kind of treading water and it's going to keep going that way until the end of time. Um, I think Man U finished at fifth. So like one spot out, Chelsea will probably have enough in the tank to finish three points up. Like Wolves are the kind of wild card to me because I don't know, like they don't have a historical precedent to say like, yeah, they'll choke in the end or they always kind of hang on. Yeah. Um, Tied on points with Man United. So I could, see them jumping in so like if chelsea if things go really sideways i could see united going up to fourth and wolves going into fifth but i just dig wolverhampton's whole vibe i don't know yeah 
Yeah, I think uh, I think what they have going with Bruno Fernandez and uh, Traore is really good and exciting football. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, let's do you want to dive into MLS? Go let's through. Let's do it. MLS, let's go. Do this uh, Men and Blazers style and just talk about every single game uh, that happened this weekend. Well, I we watched... didn't talk about like our predictions beforehand, but do you have kind of a inkling of a feeling of who your top teams are? Yeah, I mean, I was interested to see, you know, I'm not the expert you are. I'm trying to get there. So, uh, but I was, I was interested to see Seattle sort of struggle uh, in their first game back. Uh, you know, they won it at the end of the day, but it wasn't a great effort. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think LAFC is obviously very good. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, those are kind of the two that stuck out to me from what I watched. I didn't watch every game. Minnesota is, is certain to be boring. Atlanta United should be good, but obviously had the massive injury, which we'll talk about. Um, yeah, that's where I stand. I don't know. That was kind of a rambly soup. What did you think? Yeah, no, I think um, so. the CCL, like, CONCACAF Champions League games were played earlier this week, too. So I think that was part of, like, why Nashville and LAFC looked kind of uh, lackadaisical at some points. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Seattle a lot. And... Nashville's going to look la- la- lackadaisical plenty. <laughs> All year. Um, I like Seattle, like Jordan Morris. I think especially now they aren't in the Champions League, they can make up some ground because mm-hmm. um, we've seen that teams playing in CONCACAF throughout the year tend to run into a slump just because of the amount of games and travel and everything. Mm-hmm. So I think that could affect LAFC to an instance. Yeah, um, North America, a little bit bigger than Europe. A little bit bigger, traveling so, down to Mexico a lot. Yeah, all that exactly. good stuff. Um, I like the Galaxy. I think that with Chicharito, they're better defensively than they were last time last year. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Um, yeah, I, I like Atlanta pre-Joseph injury. Um, I still like... The East is hard because I like Philadelphia, but they didn't look good to start this, year, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I like NYFC, but... They didn't look great either, so I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like come the end of the year. But if I were a betting man, I would say it still ends up being Atlanta versus LAFC or Seattle. Mm-hmm. And hey, to Minnesota's credit, they did go out and score three goals this week. So. Yeah. yeah, they actually didn't look as boring as usual, yeah, so maybe exactly. they have figured it out. So yeah, why don't we <laughs> go ahead... Who knows? I'm not ready to anoint them yet. Yeah, well, no. God forbid. Uh, why don't we go ahead and dive in and uh, dig into some of our future rivals a little bit. I was driving through Nashville both directions uh, to Jacksonville. I drove because I like driving, and it's fun, and I'm an introvert, so screw anyone who wants to judge me. Uh, but uh, Nashville is certainly putting up billboards for their soccer team. <laughs> if if billboards per capita is a uh, strong indicator, if it's right up there with expected goals per game in uh, MLS, the Nashville are going to shock a lot of people this season. I mean, they got billboards for days, uh, but they did not have wins on uh, no, this weekend. Wins days. On although they did shock me by putting fifty nine k in the stadium. Although yep. some of those were yep. no, no, very good for them. Um, what is their stadium right now? Still Nissan Stadium? Is that yes, where they're playing? Play Nissan, I think. Net, or it might even be when we come in. Okay. Uh, their stadium got approved. They just had to build it. Still. Obviously, so. their MLS stadium is not going to hold fifty nine thousand. Uh, but Nissan Stadium got to drive by that. That looked cool too. So, 
Very good for them. But uh, yeah, I think uh, good on them. I'm, you know, as much as, as as much as as we get under their skin and will continue to even in the next few seconds here. Uh, I would rather they be successful and be enjoyable to have a rivalry with than just sink right out of the gate. So uh, you want to walk us through this game? Yeah. Um, so they had a pregame guitar riff. Uh, did you see this by chance? A little I, bit too tryhardy for me, I think. Yeah, I do. I mean, to me, that's Nashville's whole sports problem. Going all in on the Nashville thing. Yeah, I guess they can't help but be Nashville. And I get it. That's fine for your guys, but it does make you a little gross uh, nationally. Yeah, I, I don't. I think my problem is I'm just not down with the whole Nashville vibe in general. It's yeah. like whenever they do that stuff, it kind of uh, grinds my gears to a point. Crunch their music <laughs> is, um, I would say, acceptable in small doses, but I would be lying. It's it's pretty gross. Uh, no, there's some country music that's that's very fine and I enjoy, but uh, that whole Nashville, you know, trendy country scene is a is a little much for me. But yeah, going into the game, Ezekiel Barco gets the first goal. Um, he's still really good, it turns out. Mm-hmm, quite. Atlanta didn't look sharp, but they also played three days before this, um, only managing 0.24 expected goals. But they, uh, they're they pretty clinical. They have some guys that can score from unlikely scenarios. Mm-hmm. Barco is one of the uh, three or four players worth signing to a European squad from the MLS if you're building nice. a team in FIFA. Definitely nice. I like that. to hear that. Uh, I, I, I think I <laughs> There's another one of those players, Joseph Martinez, by chance? Yeah, oh, for sure. I think I built uh, uh, Southampton a, a year ago from nothing into something, and Barco was one of my first big acquisitions. Nice. Uh, eventually got to the point where it was all, you know, Gareth Bales and, and Lionel Messi's and stuff, mm-hmm. as you do in yeah. FIFA. But <laughs> we never forgot our Ezekiel. So speaking of Joseph, he went down with, it turns out to be an ACL tear. Yeah, so not good. He's probably done for a while, <laughs> uh, which is not good for Atlanta because Joseph was a, he is a golden boot winner. He was like three goals off the lead last year. So you're a running coach, Justin. Do you need yeah. an ACL to play soccer? Typically. Yeah. It, okay. it kind of helps a lot. And like, they wouldn't say what the injury was at first, but... Which is all, almost always means that it's bad, I feel like. Yeah, like the way that he... So he takes a step and then just, like, goes down like he was shot. And that, mm-hmm. like, usually tells you that it's ACL. If it's, it's like, a non-contact it, injury. Yeah, he just, like, out of nowhere, mm-hmm. just went down. Like, uh yeah. So that's not good. Um, luckily, Atlanta has the talent in the East. They're kind of, like, even if... Joseph has to miss most of the year. Like they could still finish top three or four in the East without him and be fine. Should he comes back. So Justin. Yeah. I just read this quote. Did, did you? Okay. So, uh, Nashville in terms of going in all in on Nashville, they have some traditions that they're trying to, to work in. Um, Steven, what do you think of them giving a Nashville record to every man of the match? <sighs> I what are your feelings on this Smashville tradition? I truly hate this. <laughs> I really hate this. This is so awful. Why has it got to be vinyl? It's so bad. They saw Portland's uh, timber routine and are like, "Hey, we could do that." What's like Nashville's thing? Oh, we'll make a vinyl record, I guess. So. <laughs> 
I just, oh, God. Oh, oh, you know it's what? It's temper Joey, and they'll say, we'll make a vinyl Victor. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, you know, that's not going to help me like them anymore, so. <laughs> I, th- I think we're on the same page with how we feel about yeah. Nashville's tradition so far. Yep. But, you know, good on them for making a good showing in the first. Uh, they uh, played Atlanta a lot tougher than I thought they were going to. So. Real quick, before we move on, Justin. Yeah. Uh, could you tell me what the color gold is? Because <laughs> so, Nashville can't. <laughs> when I think of gold, I think of, so Atlanta United has gold in their logo. Uh-huh. That's that's what I would call gold. The LAFC, Vegas Golden Black Knights, and gold. That's perhaps. what I would call gold. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights. That gold is what I call gold. Nashville FC and the Nashville Predators both call their yellows gold, which, and neither neither of them are anywhere close to gold. Which at is all. especially vexing because they're also not remotely close to each other. They're not the same color, and Nashville has the same color as the Columbus Crew, which call themselves yellow and black, but they're going to call themselves gold and black, even though this is clearly like a highlighter yellow color. The Predators, at <laughs> least... You know, they're not gold, and it's weird that they call themselves that, but at least it's sort of in the ballpark. Maybe it's like a marigold. I mean, it's mustard. We all know it's mustard, yeah. but, like, they're kind of in the ballpark. Nashville is just Nashville yellow. That, like, you consume it, and it just takes away your ability yeah. to discern colors. I, I think, think so. <laughs> Nashville is, is yellow bordering on green. It's so neon. Yeah, uh, it's it's Columbus Crew color. Yeah. It's like and it's like the navy blue, so they look exactly like the Columbus Crew jerseys. But yeah, <laughs> it's very bizarre. And if you wanted to do gold, it, why didn't you just do exactly the Predators colors? Yeah, I, I, I kind of, I mean, I don't, I don't love it, but like if, then they stand next to each other and they call themselves Forever Gold, and they're right. both just on the opposite ends of the spectrum like i don't for... love i wouldn't want every city to do what pittsburgh does where it's all black and yellow but like that's kind of cool for pittsburgh yeah and if enjoy that. if nashville fc is your second team and you're trying to like establish the city unity around sports why not try and emulate that you know rather than just stealing basically the exact colors from columbus crew Ah, uh, just a, just a, not a fan, not a fan. Uh, okay. Stan Kroenke's Colorado Rapids, are they still the Rapids? They're still They're the still Rapids, the Rapids. Right? yeah, I just, I just, uh, right <laughs> they uh, had a two to one victory over DC United. They deserved to win and they did, as you say. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, not much. This is an okay game. Uh, goals from Russell Canoos. Um, a new DC United guy. Definitely First assist from Julian Russell. Russell that was good to see. Yeah. Um, Colorado goals from Kai Kamara and Jonathan Lewis. Kai Kamara is a cool name. He's my new favorite player. I don't think that's true, really. But is he any good? He sounds like he has to be kind of good because he's He's good. He's a good goal scorer. Um, He's kind of bounced around the MLS. He's like a good uh, quality MLS, like middle of the road striker, is how I would describe Mm. it. High (laughs) praise from Justin (laughs) Walker for uh, Kai. Uh, but yes, uh, not a game between what I would call two powerhouses in uh, the No, MLS. I think DC is going to have a rough year this year. Yeah, but uh, hey, they still have to uh, play the games, right? So right. That's why we play the games. That's exactly um, right. Okay. So you want to take us to New England? 
New England versus Montreal Impact. Uh, Impact win two to one. Tyrion Reese first MLS win, and he is undefeated so far since they won their CCL matchup as well. Tyrion Reese, uh, good at coaching, apparently. Good at everything. Good at everything. He Being does. a beautiful man, I think. I don't know. He's, He's good got at one giving of those hugs. Hard to read um, he gave one of the opposing. Uh, I forget who they played in the CCL, but he gave one of the players really like it was really clap esque. This level of hug. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also wearing a hoodie jacket that I enjoyed. So uh, a lot of love for Thierry Henry here. This is a pro Thierry Henry podcast. So if you're not down with that, you need to stop listening. Yep, very handsome. I I, I googled it. My eyes have <laughs> forever been changed. Uh, yeah, he's uh, Thierry Henry. Genuinely, has been amongst my favorite soccer personalities for my entire life of liking and knowing soccer. So uh, it's wonderful to see him kind of commit to MLS, obviously not going to stay there if he actually has a really successful career and, you know, PSG or uh, Arsenal or somebody else comes calling. But, um, you know, it's yeah, still... Yeah, I think a lot of times, like, you think of him coming over in the twilight of his career, but he came over, like, in his early 30s and played yeah. a long time with new york um and like really like so i committed to the mls so i i think he like has given a lot to this league especially mm-hmm. when it like wasn't necessarily a shining spot for like free agents to come so i i have a lot of respect for him for doing that but yeah i think he was one of the first players really to not just spin like the absolute twilight of his career over here yeah you know um beckham did that too to a certain extent but uh, those two kind of paved the ways for other players to say, hey, you know, it's a good place to go play, be the star of the show. And, you know, it, it worked out. It's good for them, good for the league. Uh, so, yeah, any more you want to say about that one? Um, yeah, so Montreal Slide Edge in the XG battle, 1.73 to 1.47. Um, this goal from Montreal, the second goal, where... They kind of lob it over the New England keeper. It's like top notch. It's just like perfect finesse goal. One of the MLS goals of the weekend. Beautiful. There are a lot of like quality goals in this first weekend. So we're going to have to keep working to see what the actual goal of the year is going to be. Let's see if we um, can get the broadcast reaction live. Here comes Montreal again. Aruti trying to cheat the keeper. Oh my word. That was beautiful. From the Argentinian. <laughs> And he makes the larger pose. Very good. And Very that good. was our first uh, copyright infringement of MLS broadcast audio. Oh, so. there'll be much more to come. Yeah. Um, <laughs> impressed with Montreal because they're like, I don't see them as a deep team. But uh-huh. They like, played in the Goncap Champions League. They played pretty well here. So we'll see. Maybe New England is just not that good. I feel like Montreal's a team I could kind of get behind. Uh, very, very opposite of their hockey team, which are not likable in any respect. Let me ask you something, Justin, because I am obviously coming in from the hockey world more knowledgeable there. Uh, is being a French speaker a one-to-one requirement for being uh, Montreal Impact's manager? Because obviously Terry Henry, presumably a French speaker, but also a superstar uh, hockey player, or hockey yeah. player, soccer player. So I mean, I think it helps, but it's not a not a requirement. No one's going to write first... an article if Thierry Henry doesn't speak French and explaining that is the reason why you don't make the playoffs. So. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> well, they've got a ways to go to catch up with their city mates in that with regard. Canadian counterparts. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, Want to move on to Houston versus LA Galaxy? Yeah, Houston versus LA Galaxy. Thriller. Pretty even game. Start um, to finish. Playing in Houston. 
Uh, if you could look at this first goal from LA, Stephen, I have a link below. Would it you, was. I think like this was actually like the prettiest goal of the weekend. Um, the keeper plays it out to a streaking winger on the side who finds Christian Pavel and he just slots it in. And it's like nice. the way that he passes it, he basically goes from the goal box into like the third yard mark, like on stride. So. Oh, look, top comment from Soccer Talk Lads podcast uh, at STL underscore podcast. If you don't follow us over there, go do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I like Christian Pavone. I think his partnership with Chicharito is going to be pretty good. Obviously still figuring things out. Um, it's high game. You know, I think Houston will be okay this year. So that's that's my thoughts there. Any other thoughts, Steve? Uh, no, I like Houston. They're cool. They have Will Bruin play for them, and he went to the same high school as some of my college friends. So, you know, that's... Wow. that's local connection. Local yeah. connection for the local kid, Will Bruin. That's right. Big fans. Big, big, big Will, Bruins, Will Bruin fans on this podcast. Not Bruins fans. We hate them. No, but no we Bruin are Will Bruin and Tyrion Henry podcast going forward. That's right. So, <laughs> that's right. so if you're not on board with that, GTFO. <laughs> Uh, uh, San Jose versus Toronto FC. This is 2-2. Toronto dominated this game. Um, they had 1.82 XG and a penalty shot. Uh, but come away with a tie. Um, I have one more goal for you to take a look at here, Steven. So San Jose in the closing minutes of the game, they get a free kick on the outside of the box. And looking at this angle, you would think there's no way that he is going to aim for a shot here. And he does. And it goes top corner in the side of the netting. Um, it's pretty ridiculous. And right. did you watch it yet, Steven? No, I'm going to break in with it? the audio real quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, break it in. We need to break this I didn't want to interrupt you, you know? Need to take a look. He can't score. Holidays. Whipping one in. What? Oh, wow. Right? Right. <laughs> that is. Not okay. And New signing as Waldo Alanis Waldo scores from wide. That has to be what you say. Like a seventy-five degree angle. If you yeah, were to... I mean that's a. <laughs> if I pulled out my compass, I would say maybe even closer to eighty. That was incredible. Uh, there's a reason that soccer is called the beautiful game. Nothing looks that good in any other sport to me. Things like that happen, and yeah. they may just make your jaw drop. So with goals like that, that's why San Jose tie Toronto, despite being outplayed. Um, so yeah, good on San Jose. I Second year under Matias Almeida, who has the best hair in all of soccer managing. I think they'll be good again. Um, this Wadalana signing looks pretty solid. They almost made the playoffs last year with like no investment. So I think like actually getting a few players coming in, in that system, I think it'll be a playoff team this year, but who's to say? God, your thoughts, Steven? What, are your, what are your overall <laughs> feelings? Uh, I'm just still, my jaw's still on the floor. You're, from still, that you're still in awe about that goal. Yeah, it was beautiful. I think uh, Toronto is, you know, should be a good team. And uh, Yeah, they kind of have, I don't know, to me they seem like out of the East, especially with a healthy Josie, which is the ultimate like asterisk, um, they should be probably a top four team, but mm-hmm. healthy Josie is the key. Yeah. So, and you know, nice to see them recovering so nicely from Kawhi Leonard departing. Obviously, <laughs> right. he was yeah, a you love to see player, it. But, you know, <laughs> kind of sure. Okay, so city. next game on the docket: Orlando City versus Real Salt Lake. Um, we don't really need to talk about it. Zero zero. Real Salt Lake managed point one six expected goals. 
I'm that pretty is sure. Not good, Steven? I'm not, I'm not good. pretty sure if you put me into an MLS game, I could manage 0.16 expected goals. Against yeah. Orlando City, who was one of the last place teams in the league last year. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. Real Salt Lake feels like a team. They're like the team that would be perennially in the relegation zone if this two-bit league had a relegation zone. Yeah, except like they're usually like that fourth through sixth team. Uh-huh. And I think that they've just like ran... Their window has closed. I think that window has shut. Um, I'd probably compare them, Steven, if I'm making a hockey comparison. Uh-huh. I think they're going to have a real San Jose Sharks type of year. Ooh, that's not that's, good. That's my that's prediction not good. for them. I feel bad for them in advance. I'm pulling <laughs> for real off Salt Lake, you know? Yeah, that yeah them and they're, they're not being able to have over 5% alcoholic beers. Yeah. You really feel fine. Will they trade their version of Joe Thornton before the trade deadline? Maybe. I don't know what that would even entail. Okay, well, you know, <laughs> we're going to have to figure it out. We'll follow that developing story as we sip our O'Doul's and St. Pauli's Girls and other non-alcoholic beers. Uh, by the way, real real quick interlude yeah. that is apropos of nothing. Have you happened to see the commercial where a guy, uh, it's a Heineken non-alcoholic beer commercial, and the guy gets pulled over, and he immediately, there's no words in this commercial, but he's pulled over in a red Corvette, or stopped by a, a, a officer, I don't know the situation, but he pulls out this Heineken non-alcoholic beer and taps on it as if to say, see, <laughs> it's non-alcoholic. And then the cop points to the no parking sign and it's a whole, you know, it's a it's a classic mix-up sort of comedy thing. Have you seen that, ad? Some comedy hijinks. I have not seen that. Well, that just looks like a clever way to get out of a DUI. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> of funny, except you're pretty dumb to be drinking even non-alcoholic beer. Uh, as you drive a car. And by the way, I'm pretty sure non-alcoholic beer is still alcoholic. It's just drastically less so. so just a stupid commercial. I feel that. like you would not be just okay like drinking that and driving in most states. But what do I know? I don't know. What, what, do, what, do, what do I know? Uh, maybe just don't have bottles that look like alcohol. While yeah, that seems car. like a smart... That's a smart life lesson for anyone listening don't have things that look like alcohol to give like cops a chance to even think of anything. Just don't. Just I also, I, I also had this problem and it's a genuine problem that I try to fight where like, I feel like anyone who drinks non-alcoholic beer is an alcoholic <laughs> because to me, like I'm, I'm, I am growing and liking the taste of beer more, but to me, I'm like, I wouldn't seek that out. They're really recovering from something. Yeah, just, eh, you know, I don't want to judge. And if they are alcoholic, they're loved and accepted by us here at the Soccer Talk Lads podcast. Big on mental health. Big on mental health. But, uh, you know, it's just, that's my own personal... You you know, you're doing the right thing. Bias. So we don't judge that. That I had to fight. Exactly. (laughs) FC Dallas judged Philadelphia Union, and they judged them to be unfit to join them on the field of play. Yes. Uh, winning two to nothing. Tell us about it. Yeah, it feels like a huge upset because I think the union for me, after how they did last year, were kind of like one of my teams to look at in the East. Um, but losing to Dallas like this doesn't seem good. Um, seems like they're not going to be able to replicate last year's magic, maybe. Anything can happen away in the MLS, though, so you can't really judge them on one away loss. Uh, the XG was 0.75 to 0.73, so it was a pretty even game. Um, however, 
FC Dallas have one Paxton Pondical that Philadelphia Union don't have. Um, and he's turning into quite the player, Stephen. Quite the Team USA stalwart, that Paxton Pomichol, and I'm very excited to see him advance. His name is Paxton Pomichol? Yep, 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 yep. Are there any people with, like, normal names in this sport? I play for Team USA. Our our hope rests on Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney, and Paxton Pomichol. Aaron Long, that's, you know, that's That's normal. That's kind of normy. Then you have, for every Aaron Long, you also have a Serginio Dest. Your favorite, Will Trapp. You know, big, yeah, big World Trap with one L and two P's. Yep, exactly. That just disqualifies him right away. That's That <laughs> makes him a dirtbag, no question. <laughs> um, uh, tell me, Justin, because you know this uh, league better yeah. than I do, FC Dallas feels like a team that never has and never will have anything going on. Is that true? Or am yeah, I they're not going this? to... Well, the thing that they have going on is that they have a very good youth academy. The thing that they don't <laughs> have going on is that they never sign any of them long-term or bring anybody else in. So they rely heavily on developing players, which they're really good at. However, they don't do anything with those players and they don't sign them long-term. So their strategy is basically just to have success with a young team, make money off those players, and then bring up the next group of uh, young academy players so they're kind of like a, a tampa bay race if you will if you will if you will uh using you know we we, we lean too heavily on on uh hockey now. no that's a good analogy though yeah these players come up together you have that like magic generation um in kansas city think of like the royals a couple of years ago yeah. you have like this magic generation and then they all go elsewhere within a year and now you're back in the basement can't That'd afford be to keep any fc dallas and now you're starting um I don't know. I can't even think of a Royals player. That's how bad they are. <laughs> um, but, you know, somebody. Somebody bad. Whit Merrifield. That's I the love Whit Merrifield. Royals player right now. Him. He's very good. <laughs> uh, Vancouver, uh, speaking of Kansas City, go uh, to Kansas City and get the tar beaten out of them, 3-1. to one. Uh, Sporting KC, are they back? They, I, I would think so. I mean, their defense still looks shaky. So let's not – I think Vancouver is just bad. Uh-huh. So. Don't don't take anything too much away from it. I feel like it's kind of a statement game um, with goals from newcomers, Alan Polito and Kinda. Um, it was just, like these are both really, really solid goals and things that Sporting has been missing for like a generation. It seems like mm-hmm. Polito scored off a corner, whipped into the box, and he kind of dove and flipped the header into the top corner. Kinder scored off of a goal from outside the box that was just a real banger of a goal. Um, and, like, you're watching this game, and it feels like sporting are dominating, but then you look at the XG, and Vancouver actually won 2.16 to 0.5. Now, XG doesn't really count. This is from the run of play, so any corners, which Plato scored on, and any set pieces don't really count. But I think it just goes to show that sporting finally have some clinical striking ability. Last year, they often won the XG battle, but weren't able to, like, finish it out, right? So if you finally have somebody that can actually score from chances that you wouldn't expect them to score that's a pretty good sign yeah yeah i think uh it, it's always nice when a team has clear needs and addresses them yes um, you like to see it you yeah. love to see it i would say their clear need is probably to get graham zuzi off the field as much as i hate to say that he's an american hero he doesn't deserve to go out like this but he's a little bit of a defensive liability mm-hmm. and they switched Johnny Russell to the other side of the wing so that Shallowy could be there to like kind of play defensive catch up on the wing. So he's playing really down deep to like 
kind of take away some of Zuzi's zone that he had to cover. Um, so that would be one area to where probably need to address soon. Um, hopefully Jalen Lindsay is up to the task, uh, but the scoring part is done for. So that's, that seems to be taken care of. It's my takeaway. Tremendous. And, you know, Sporting KC right across the street. Well, in Kansas, but, um, and that wasn't even just a Trump shot. That's actually true. Uh, that's true. But, they are actually in Kansas. <laughs> about 30 but, minutes in. Yeah, but uh, still our closest MLS team probably, so uh, we pull for them until we are bitter, bitter rivals in a few years. Uh, Columbus Crew took a one nothing victory from New York City Football Club, which will never be said any shorter on this podcast. Uh, your thoughts on this big victory for the crew? Yeah, it seemed big. Um, the crew also addressed some needs in the offseason with their signing of Lucas Zellerine. Um, yeah, I think this team, I think they're really well coached. I think now they have Zellerine. They're, that's that's a really Midwestern way of saying that name. I don't think it's actually how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they actually have like a legit playmaker, which will help them a lot. Um, obviously, you have USMT, USMNT stalwart Yossi Zardes to be the fox in the box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um the crew kind you're of dominated. You're a big fan of Jesse's artist. Yeah, my favorite player in the world. <laughs> um, they dominated on 1.74 to 0.35 in the XG market. Now, I think New York kind of suffer from coming off of CONCAP Champions League, but we've seen other teams this week do that and pull out wins, and I think going up against a actually good crew team at home, um, I think they'll be a lot better than second last place this year. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, speaking of a team that might not be a lot better than second to last place this year, New York Red Bull pulled out a three to two victory over the Federal Communications Commission. I mean, <laughs> FC Cincinnati, uh, FCC won't nice. let me be and let me be me. So let me see. They really suck at soccer and more Eminem lyrics. Uh, how yeah, did you feel about Ron this? Yans, you would have snuck an F bomb in there. So right. thank you for not doing that. Well, <laughs> if I was, uh, you know, even Jurgen Klopp would have done that. <laughs> And then smiled goofily at the camera and said, I thought in America it was okay, which he did not believe, let's be honest. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, your yeah. thoughts on this, uh, This uh, shall we say, defenseless game? Defenseless by the very fact that FC Cincinnati was on the field. Uh, there's no defense yeah. for them even having a um, team. Yeah, I think but, it's like, I don't know what to make of this game. I don't think both of these teams are going to be top in the East. I think Red Bull are probably a playoff team. Sneaking mm-hmm. in. Um, I think Cincinnati will like obviously be better than last year. It'd be pretty hard not to be. Um, I don't necessarily think they're the last place team in the league, but it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. This team is pretty close. Um, XG battle. New York actually lost to Cincinnati. Um, 1.97 to 2.08. And Cincinnati won the possession battle 58% to 42%. So I don't know what to make of that. Um I think it's just one of those games, you know? Maybe uh, New York Red Bulls is the Red Bull team Ian thinks he's on assignment covering. It was Salzburg. But um, we're never going to see him again, so who really cares, you know? Yeah, they're they're clearly the third best team in the Red Bull uh, at Arsenal. Yes. Uh, Los Angeles Football Club, LAFC, taking on the debuting and temporarily enter Miami. <laughs> And beating them one to nothing, uh, we are, I guess, still calling them Inter. They did that lawsuit on the broadcast. Pending. Inter, it's Inter, comma lawsuit pending. Uh, Miami, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, supported by owner uh, David Beckham and celebrity super fan Gordon Ramsay. Uh, yeah, how about have, that? Gordon Ramsay is on the Inter Miami train. They 
they have a man to bring them up if they feel down and a man to scream at them if they underperform. And, uh, I want to see uh, that video put, so bad. <laughs> I would I would pay literal money to watch him put a piece of bread on either side of Lionel Messi's head when Lionel Messi becomes a member of Ender Miami and say, what are you? And have Lionel Messi say, an idiot sandwich. Uh, but, you know. Uh, that'll come another day. For right now, we just have to have to deal with uh, shockingly ripped. I would say Gordon Ramsay uh, looking mm, yeah. on from the crowd. Well, you know, outside in the kitchen, so he, he has a well there. That's true, and I've heard uh, that Rodolfo Pizarro has a very nice uh, beef Wellington. So maybe we ah, can yes. get that uh, eventually in the kitchen going on. But yeah, what did you think of this game? Uh, besides the drama of still calling them Enter for the time being. Uh, debuting on the road across the country, a very, very nice of the MLS to welcome their uh, brand new. I literally franchise. like the only way they could have gone further was to have them play Vancouver, yeah, Vancouver, <laughs> Seattle, I guess, yeah. But, um, but you know, hey, it's gotta happen sometime. Yeah, well, fine, why not? <laughs> I, <laughs> I think it's a good game though. Like LAC enter Miami, they're like supposed to be. Inter Miami is supposed to be a high-profile team. Mm-hmm. Going forward, they're going to splash the money. So why not have them debut against the other money-splashing team? Um, yeah. The game was kind of nuts, actually. It is like so. Like, XG-wise, it was two point seven five to one point six one in favor of LAFC. It was really back and forth. Um, really good possession on both sides. I think Miami is going to be pretty good. I think they're missing a piece because Adolfo Bizarro, Adolfo Bizarro was kind of like. You could tell that he needed someone to link up with and he didn't have anybody, so then he was just trying to like dribble through. And sometimes mm-hmm. it worked, sometimes it didn't. But he definitely needs some help. Yeah. Um, Will Trap actually looked pretty good, but he is not going to be the one to be linking up with Pizarro. He needs somebody to play with that's kind of going to get up forward. So I think if they figure that out, this team will be pretty good. Especially because it's Will Trap. Yeah, especially because Will Trap cannot be counted on. Um yeah, I think they're. I think they could be a playoff team in their first year, which is probably the goal. I think if they don't make the playoffs, it's gonna feel like a failure for a team with this much hype coming in. Mm-hmm. He may only have one L in his first name, but he took a second one in this game. Uh, there were I, a couple of passes he made that I'm like, so he made a couple of just like brilliant over the top passes. Then he made a couple side to side passes that like didn't make it to their guy. Then like, yep, that's what trap there he is. Perfect. <laughs> they like died out before they got there. Yep. Like, how do you do that? Feels right. <laughs> Uh, I got to watch a fair amount of this game and it was a ton of fun. I liked it a lot. I think it's interesting now that we have a team, you know, I was always a Premier League fan more than an MLS fan and probably Mm. still am at the moment, but this watching games this weekend, it felt more like, Hey, this is my league, you know, maybe the podcast is part of that, but like, it's like, Hey, these are teams I know sort of what's going on and, and, you know, they're going to eventually be our rivals and our uh, teams that we don't like to play against, but aren't logically rivals for any reason and teams we always play well against and all those fun things that come along with sports. So, uh, yeah, it was exciting. And this game was a lot of fun as was the other one we'll talk about. In a minute. I think I texted you this, but like home LAFC games are honestly like one of my favorite things to watch in MLS, mm-hmm. just yeah. like in soccer in general. I love the like environment. It's just like singing nonstop yeah, 90 minutes. Crazy. Where do they play those? It's not at uh, Sports uh, StubHub, is it? Is it where no, they... it's at uh, Bank of California Stadium in downtown LA. So oh. they got that downtown LA property. Uh-huh. But much, yeah, it's a completely different environment. Much I think it's like sought 25, after. 25,000 seater. Um, they had like safe standing in the back and 
yeah, it's a, it's a very I, it's one of my favorite things about the league. It's LAFC. So is it newly built for the MLS too, or is it existed? Long yeah, time? yeah. So LAFC they built it for their nice. season. So nice. And Banks spelled with a C just to be particularly douchey. Good for them. <laughs> As uh, you would expect for an LA team, I guess. Yeah, I mean, safe standing's really cool. I think they should have that everywhere in soccer, including, um, you know, uh, Britain. But that's a different issue. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm pretty confident that our new stadium will. Um, all the new MLS stadiums seem to be having it or working it in. Uh-huh. But like Minnesota's new stadium has it. And it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. For it really those... like adds to the environment of just like seeing a mass of people behind the goal. For those that don't know, do you want to talk a little bit about what Safe Standing is? Safe yeah, so Safe Standing um, was designed after the Hillsborough disaster, Stephen. So mm, I can they, talk about that, but go on. Yeah, they needed a so in England, it's, they have to have all seater stadiums after people died standing on seats and things like that, um, just to make things safer. In Germany, one of the stadium architects designed what they call Safe Standing, so it's a standing area that people can stand on on these stands but they have like railings and things like that so that no one's gonna fall over and uh murder someone by trampling on them so yeah it's just an area that kind of stacks up pretty high and it it looks a lot more it's like a lot more engaging for fans mm-hmm. understanding versus seat sitting and all they're, that good stuff they're basically like bleacher seating as i understand it but the seats yeah. still fold up like a traditional seat and, and i think they like can so like when they play international matches i think they're like still um, have to have all seater stadiums, so mm-hmm. the seats do come down. So if you play internationally, that you can do that too. Yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah. If anybody wants to know more about the Hillsborough disaster, there's a fantastic thirty for thirty on it, which I believe is just called Hillsborough. It's tragic and fascinating, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, what was it basically that the stands collapsed? Is that kind yeah, of yeah? So it was a it was a Liverpool game against Hillsborough. Shocker. Um, I think it was an F. I think it was a. Um, what's the damn cup called the the cup the fa cup. FA, FA um and yeah basically there was a um a huge crowd on hand for it and um there was uh a, a, a section of the stadium behind one of the goals and the you know a, don't want to get too deep into it, but basically the police sort of screwed up letting people into the stadium until it got too late. And so people were trying to rush in uh, as the game started. And basically the section behind the stadium, behind the uh, goal, um, some of the railings where they were all kind of, you know, trying to push into each other and get a better view of the game. Some of the railings started to give way and it was basically, uh, yeah, what they call a crush event where people kind of just lost balance and fell into each other. And the people that were along the fence line and stuff actually died basically in a fair, you know, it was, I forget the death toll, but it was pretty high. I think it was in the twenties or thirties. I know it's an iconic number in Liverpool, so I should look it up, but, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it was tragic obviously. And, um, Part of the part of the weirdness of it was that people basically blamed Liverpool fans. It was ninety six people, so a shockingly high number. Yeah, uh, pe- people basically blamed Liverpool fans and suggested that they were all drunk hooligans that uh, caused this disaster. And the government basically tried to perpetuate that myth for a long time, which is kind of what the what the uh, documentary focuses on as as nearly as anything. And um, or as much as anything. And yeah, it's just, it's crazy because it happened in, I think the eighties and 
1989. That's literally two years and two days before I was born. And it just feels like such a thing you would never hear about or think about in sports. Uh, But um, yeah, it happened. I definitely suggest anyone who wants to know more about soccer history, and especially if you're a Liverpool fan, uh, go watch the documentary, read about it, read the Wikipedia article. It's, it's, as you know, as as tragic as it is, it's sort of fascinating and and conspiratorial and all those things as well. So, yeah, I know uh, uh, safe standing out for obvious reasons is a huge passion of a lot of the Liverpool podcasts I listen to and things, and obviously it's not everywhere in Europe, but it's going further. And uh, yeah, I'm all I'm totally in favor of it. Yeah, I think like like to me, I think well, obviously the safe standing is important, but. Like just the vibe that adds to the stadium versus like all seaters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's nice. It's nice to have. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you know fans want to stand, and that's the whole point of it. Is is people should be able to stand without feeling like they're going to fall over. There, you know, even obviously not everything's going to be a Hillsboro, but you could still fall over and break an arm, or you know, just bump into the guy in front of you and then get in a fist fight. Not that that would ever happen at a soccer game. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's just you know, it's better for everybody. I think fans want to stand at games and if the soccer stadium isn't designed well to allow them to do that it's a problem so yeah i'm in favor strongly in favor uh shall we go ahead and move on after that uh unexpected but interesting digression i I like where that discussion went yeah exactly so portland versus minnesota united is our next game uh, Minnesota win three to one statement win for the loons. Would you say that the loons were on target in this game? Loons were very on target this game. Everyone uh, expect they, that pun every single win. <laughs> they dominated like nearly every aspect of the game. Uh-huh. It, I, it was pretty much astounding. like target like com- dominates the competition with low right, prices. Like target and, dominates Walmart. Yes. Uh, low prices and friendly and well compensated sales staff. Yeah, no, you got it, Stephen. Yeah. You know, you know what you're talking about. Exactly, and that, <laughs> that cute little pup that I'm sure yeah. has been, you know, seven different pups over time, but still. But yeah, it was uh, a game that I think most people expect Portland to win. Portland, a perennial contender. Mm-hmm. They signed Jimmy Chara this year. He was supposed to be, you know, Cedeno shut down. Chara. It's, they have another Chara. Oh. Yes, second one. They oh. have Diego. Now they have Yimmy. They're siblings. They look exactly like. So it's good. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, uh, I, th- I thought it was Zidane Char. No, Yimmy. Yimmy okay. and Diego. Yimmy. Um, and Portland, coming into tonight, had never lost a home opener. So hey, you would expect them to not get completely blown out. But they went down one nothing. They got one. Or they went down 2 nothing. They got one back kind of late. And then uh, Lucas Amarillo basically came down and scored like almost immediately. So... Minnesota were never really in danger of losing. Um, it was a pretty good game. I, if they can score like this, then I have faith in Minnesota that they'll have a pretty good year. Suck on that lumber Joey or whatever your name was. What Timber Joey. Timber <laughs> Joey. That was so close. So close. Uh, and then the the other game I got to see uh, a fair amount of Sounders versus Chicago. Uh, they are fired. They are have an awful logo. What else did you think about this game? Uh, first off, who does Chicago think it is? Uh, they think they're New York, but they're not. Basically. Steven, have you heard of Malort before? I will tell you that I hadn't before we discussed this earlier in the day. Um, 
again, I I I want to reiterate. Who do they think they are? They go for years. The only the best response to my was Chicago would be to make fun of St. Louis style pizza. Yet they have this uh, abomination of an alcohol <laughs> sitting up there the whole time <laughs> that uh, they like didn't let anybody know about because they didn't want it to get out. Yeah, um, because they're awful. Um, I just found out about this today because the Chicago fired. Twitter account tweeted about it. Somebody tweeted about how they snuck the Lort shots into the Seattle game. I guess that's trying to poison the owner, it seems like. (laughs) Let's read a little bit here. Jepson's Malort is a brand of Basque liquor introduced in the 1930s and long produced by Chicago's Carl Jepson Company. In 2018, as its last employee was retiring, the brand was sold to CH Distillery of Chicago's Pilsen neighborhood. So basically, they were just a brand until everyone who already worked for them just retired. Uh, (laughs) Jepson's Malort is named after Carl Jepson, the Swedish immigrant who first distilled and popularized the liquor in Chicago. Malort, uh, literally moth herb, what? What? It's <laughs> uh, a Swedish word for wormwood, and it's key ingredient in a, uh, which is the key ingredient in a Basque, a bitter flavored type of Swedish brandvin. So this is basically the lutka fish of alcohol. It's known for its bitter taste. It can be this up, I guess. Yeah, it can be found <laughs> what in Chicago. It's known for its bitter taste, Stephen. It can be found in its Chicago area taverns and liquor stores and is growing in popularity there, but is hard to find elsewhere in the United States. You know what always appeals to me when I think about consuming a a food or beverage is the bitter taste. It's known for its bitter taste. Yeah, that's always that's the first thing. First thing I look for when I'm looking at a new food. Yeah, I want to take a 40 percent alcohol shot and then just taste bitterness the rest of the time. That's what I want in my alcohol. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's uh, ridiculous um, that they are the way that they are. Um, to quote, uh, you know, uh, the office. Now that I can't think about it. Why are you the way that you are? Honestly, every time I try to do something fun or exciting, you make it not that way. I hate so much about the things that you choose to be <laughs> but yeah i think i think malort it is awful it's vinegar from satan's anus i would assume seems like it um, really seems like and... i don't get the having never tasted before i don't get the appeal none of these people seem like they're enjoying it and i don't understand i think you're spot on with the st louis pizza comparison because by the way I love Chicago style pizza. Chicago style pizza. I've never felt the need to trash on their pizza just because they're a trash can city. Trash can cities can have good ideas, you right, know, right, right. much like they have uh, shockingly high murder rates and uh, traffic everywhere. You know, it's it's that's part of the character of the great city that is Chicago. Great, great museums on the river on the mm, on right, the lake. Yeah, Aquarium, all I, that good stuff. I'm, yeah. I, I would literally live in Shed, Shed Aquarium if you let me, but uh, you know I don't. I don't feel the need to dagger their cultural icons. I feel like the existence of the Cubs and Blackhawks do that plenty for me. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, don't don't come in here with this weak bullshit about uh, St. Louis style pizza if you have a product that is a cult favorite uh that is says literally known for its bitter taste 
That's my thought. Literally moth herb is what Wikipedia yeah. says. Yeah, about it. <laughs> literally moth herb. Literally translates moth herb. What is moth herb? Nobody knows. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I, I got nothing else to say about my lord. Uh, it does. It's a characteristic. It's a characteristic of the city itself, and it's just a a symptom of the larger argument right it's just you know it's where, where who do they think they are how do they get off like this yeah anyway, well i say about it <laughs> i think those jerseys show that they don't have a lot of taste right and, the jerseys um, the new crest maybe, that they, they don't quite have an idea for what is good maybe because their tongue taste buds have all been burnt off by malort uh but I think, uh, do you think that nashville also has malort and somehow it just messes with your eyes oh so where you God, can't see maybe, colors maybe that's the common <laughs> denominator maybe somebody <laughs> snuck it from Chicago to Nashville. It was probably Marcus Kruger when he got traded. Ah, uh, oh, that sounds about right. Yeah. And uh, that would be, or that'd be about the right timeline too. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's how it happened. Sounders did the right thing here, <laughs> defeated Chicago fire two to one. Uh, I really enjoyed this game. Seattle looked like the better team, uh, probably deserved a bigger victory here. The expected goals certainly suggest that, as you wrote down, 3.7 to 0.52. Jordan Morris gets the late winner to seal the victory for Seattle. Um, it's uh, It was a narrow victory, but I don't see any reason to suspect that Seattle won't be a top contender for the rest of this year. Yeah, I think so. they are coming off a loss, but they are coming off of a CCL game as well so i think that probably plays into it although they did like dominate the game so i think it's just not being able to finish um jordan morris being able to come up clutch scoring two goals you just love to see it yeah yeah jordan morris is great he's phenomenal malort morris is everything that malort is not um and that he is good he tastes sweet as honey. I don't think he, ta- you know, I don't know what he tastes like. Thankfully, I, would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't put it past him. The man probably has great hygiene habits. Um, and he's a beautiful uh, guardian angel of uh, USMNT. So, uh, yeah, that, that brings us through all the games uh, from the week. Um, so, yeah, we don't have anything else on the docket to cover. I can stay here and trash malort and chicago and talk about safe standing for as long as you'd like anything else you'd like to cover uh, before no we i can't talk about malort anymore else i'm gonna get angry again yeah that's true <laughs> i'm gonna go drink a, a nice bud light a classy alcoholic beverage from st Louis. something that doesn't burn your taste buds off you know Bud light it's it's it tastes what it is what it is it's not going to taste bitter it's not gonna make you regret drinking it it just mm-hmm. is a nice refreshing beer yeah, and the nice thing about uh, St. Louis's off-brand brewing families, like the Limps, is they all at least had the distant decency to kill themselves and haunt their mansion for 200 right. years. When their last employee retired, they just haunted Yeah, the yeah. their last employee didn't retire. He either fired, got fired or killed himself. It's a guarantee. Right. So, uh, you know, if you're going to do it, do it right, is what I say. That's what uh, Charlie Limp always said. And that's just our, that's our motto here in St. Louis, you know? You know, if you if if it comes down to drinking Malort or becoming a ghost for the rest of eternity, I'm I'm becoming a ghost. It's oh, I'm haunting the shit out of that yeah. uh, pack. That's oh, for sure. I will haunt a Giordano's <laughs> up in Chicago and get some bomb ass pizza. Uh, but I'm gonna scare the hell out of some Chicago SC fans too. So win win for me. Uh, and I guess that'll do it for us tonight. Unless you have anything you want to say before we get out of here. 
No, I'm good, Stephen. I had a great time. I had a great conversation. I did. I, you know what? I would say um, just as good, if not better, without Ian. You know, he can <laughs> stay in Salzburg, or uh, he's well, probably when he actually gets back. He'll have some scouting notes for us. Yeah, I'm really well, that's that. true. Uh, he's probably actually in like Pyeongchang or somewhere. You know, somewhere with where the coronavirus is just rampant. So uh, this might be the last episode because. You know, we might all we might all get infected, uh, but uh, hopefully not. Justin, you're you're insulated by being on the other side of the state. Uh, I have to record a hockey podcast with him in just a few days, so who knows? Uh, prayers up, uh, you know. Prayers up, wings uh, up. That's right. Uh, and uh, Kaka is the law, obviously. Battlehawks forever. Uh, and hey, next time we talk, we might have a team name and a jersey at least color scheme for mls for the loose so that's exciting uh so yeah i guess we can sign off and say good night sayonara girl come show me your true colors be me a picture with your true colors these are the questions of a new Done.